0: Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day. None other than Yasmin Aliya Khan, host, Global Threat Podcast, The Breakdown. Contributor, fascinating individual. Top story of the day, former Vice President Mike Pence on the streets, dry snitching on Donald Trump. Here it is.
1: Let's let's be clear on this point. It wasn't just that they asked for a pause. Uh, The president uh, specifically asked me and his gaggle of of crackpot lawyers asked me to literally reject votes, which would have resulted in in the issue being turned over to the House of Representatives and literally chaos would have ensued.
0: Amazing. Mike Pence says Donald Trump had Crackpot lawyers, you know Mike Pence is a lawyer too. And it was Dan Quayle who saved democracy. We all know this, as I said, it's on these streets. Mike Pence has decided to change his tone. Initially, when the idea of indicting Trump for election violation, trying to overturn democracy as we know it. It was Mike Pence who went on national television. I said this is a bad thing for America. They likely do not have enough evidence to overcome reasonable doubt. Mike Pence provided defense for Trump, even post Trump presidency. Why has Pence changed his tune? I have, well, a theory. I think Mike Pence is aware that since the indictment indictment has gone forward, It will be revealed that he did in fact testify and provide damning information against Donald Trump personally, directly. And in order to align himself with the narrative that may be forthcoming, he has now decided to change the vigor of his proclamation as relates to democracy being overthrown almost. now. Something fascinating happened in 1986. I was alerted to this by a dear friend of mine. I would not have believed it if I did not see it with my own eyes. Frank Zappa, band leader, obviously was also a prophet. Here's what he said in 1986 to conservative leaders back then. I'm not gonna give you a civics
1: lesson here, but yeah. I'll tell you one thing, we must not see eye to eye on the idea of a government that must forbid things in order to really, protect families. Really, what is families. the government's role? You've told me several times how what should How about national defense? Yeah, I consider sure this thing. national defense, pal, our families are under attack. From people like you with these lyrics, John, John you don't have to buy them, Mr. Zappa, well, that, could I, I make can, a statement sure. about national defense? Yeah. The biggest threat to America today is not communism. It's moving America toward a fascist theocracy, and everything that's happened during the Reagan administration is steering us right down that pipe. Oh, Mr. Mr. Zapp, you're not you're not really serious if if you're saying we're going toward a fascist theocracy. <laughs> that's right, we are. When you have a government that prefers a certain moral code mm-hmm. derived from a certain religion, and that moral code turns into legislation to suit I'm, one wait, certain religious exactly point of view. Exactly. And if that code Frank. happens to be very, very right wing, almost well, toward till of the Hun. Well, then you are an anarchist. Every form of civil government is based on some kind of morality, Frank. Morality in
0: terms of behavior, well, not of in course. terms of
1: theology. Say it
0: again, Frank. He was correct. The man saw things that people people, did not quite see clearly in 1986. Now, some were aware that if you continue down this road of adopting religious belief for statutory dynamics inside of your state or federal government, it would be a problem. Not only did he articulate it, he said very clearly, there's two moral designs. One is contextualized through the interpretation of one religion. That's literally what the founding fathers of this nation escaped from, as flawed as they were. The other is about behavior to make sure that people have the opportunity to life The opportunity to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Donald Trump did not create the slope. He simply put us on the fast track to slide down it. When Trump was indicted, many said this would create a slippery slope. No, it stopped it. It put a pause to it. It sent a message that even A former United States president is not above the law. We shall see how the prosecution goes. As I said before, I do believe that Trump will be indicted by the Fulton County grand jury in the state of Georgia and possibly state of New York in the near future. All right, Yasmin, hell of a thing. Mike Pence, once again, big, bad, bold, correcting the record at Fox News. By letting them know, no, 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 this was not a pause. Trump told me to overturn the election. Trump told me to stop democracy. He's being bold and clear about it today
2: absolutely and he had to make that clarification he had to go publicly and say that because just a few days earlier on CNN one of Trump's lawyers went on and he was saying oh no all they asked him was to pause the 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 certification and so Pence had to then clarify that no they didn't ask me to pause it it was way worse than that and I was not legally able to do it and I didn't do it I was just working on this for the breakdown so it's it's kind of fresh in my head right now but it's all kind of interesting because, you know, we're seeing a lot of these people come out and speak out against Trump and the insurrection in regards to these indictments that came out earlier this week. It all feels a little like too little, too late. Uh, it seems like they're looking out for themselves, whether that's to avoid getting pulled into this legally, at least any more than they already have been, or to avoid further public backlash. But you know none of this is new or unexpected this is what happens you know whenever there's corruption in a system it's never isolated one man cannot be corrupt on his own it's not just trump it takes a whole team of people a network of people really to enact corruption on any kind of meaningful level and it takes a lot to take down that level of corruption that's as big as this one is a concerted legal effort is what it's going to take and hopefully that's what we're just starting to see now
0: Yeah, there's the legal strategy. Obviously, they would like to prosecute Donald Trump before he becomes uh, president again. But here's another dynamic Republicans are not discussing publicly. You know, Trump does not have the right to run as a Republican, he does not have the right. The Republican Party is a company, it's an organization. It is comprised of a board of directors and a leader, a chairman of the board. They can choose to disqualify Trump at any time. But Republicans who are antithetical to Trump have not pressured the Republican Party to make such a move. My point is, there's more than one way to get this done. If Republicans are authentic about being anti Donald Trump or or. Are they leveraging the opportunity like they did the first time? Being totally against Trump until Trump once again clinched the nomination. And then all of a sudden, all is forgiven. They support Trump because Trump is in proximity of power. All right, we shall see. Okay, hell of a thing happened. New Yorkers came to the aid. To make sure somebody was apprehended, needed to be. Here's a video.
3: Whoa, get that guy. Bro.
4: Get this guy. Go get him on Get down. Get
0: Get him go. Get him down. Let me give you the background, put the picture up full mass. Bystanders tackled that guy, his name is Kyle Fernandez. This was following a wild police chase. Numerous charges have now been filed against this 20 year old. The driver is accused of hitting 10 people. One is a six year old child. He was driving a stolen car on Manhattan's east side on Tuesday evening. Now, keep the picture up. You may be saying, well, obviously this guy had a bad day. Uh, I say the victims had a bad day. The child especially had a bad day. And he had a lucky day. Let me tell you why. The New Yorkers who caught him did not kill him. He's alive. He was apprehended. The police were chasing him. No telling what would have happened if they caught him first. Police said several people were hit on the sidewalk, but the driver of the stolen car wasn't done. The car then jumped the curb and hit several more people before making a U turn within the intersection. I want you to see the carnage, the wreckage. Police said Fernandez was behind the wheel during the wild police chase in Midtown, resulting in the following charges reckless endangerment leaving the scene of an accident, fleeing from an officer, possession of stolen property, resisting arrest, obstruction of governmental administration, driving a vehicle impaired by drugs, no license, failure to obey a police officer and driving on the sidewalk. Police sources told CBS New York that Fernandez has multiple prior arrests and one open case currently in Manhattan. He was arrested on January 16th, charged with robbery, assault and criminal mischief. That case is still pending. He also has prior gun possession and drug possession related arrest. Police said they are still seeking the suspect's female passenger who fled the scene on foot. CBS New York has also learned the car he was allegedly driving was reported stolen on Monday in the Bronx. The accused thought he could get away, but a group of good Samaritans tackled him. Witnesses said it was a chaotic scene. Among the injured was a six year old child, but officials said none of them suffered life threatening injuries. The most severe being an ankle fracture to a young lady and the others were just minor abrasions and neck and back pain. Um, The FDNY deputy chief Mario Tompkins said, police said they don't believe the matter was terrorism related. Adding the investigation is still ongoing. I highlight the story because citizens, who had no badge, no gun, no special training, and absolutely no idea. They were in danger, saw danger, they decided to act. They did not act in a way that harmed the young man. They simply wanted to apprehend him. It wasn't personal, it was about accountability. You're hitting people, you're hitting children, you have to be accountable to this. It's not personal, so we're going to just hold you until the authorities can arrest you and allow you to face your crimes. That's how it should be. So why is it that citizens with no training, no badge, no gun, no oath, are able to routinely apprehend individuals who seemingly can be dangerous? But police officers seem to get so trigger happy. Oh, I shot him because I was in fear of my life. All right, that's my thoughts.
2: Yeah, this is terrifying. New York City is one of the only truly walkable places in this country, one of the only places where people can really realistically exist without having a car, as far as I'm concerned, that needs to be respected and protected. Of course, this isn't a regular occurrence though, but something like this happening in Midtown Manhattan is particularly bad, especially because Midtown is always full of a ton of tourists. And, you know, with all of the money flowing into NYPD, we'd like to think that they would have been further on top of. Them instead of having to have good Samaritans step in. But we know that that's not really how law enforcement works. What I'm worried about is that a one off incident like this will be used as a reason to further enrich the cops when we know that more money for cops won't prevent things from like this from happening in the future.
0: Yeah, they, they need to get more money to citizens obviously. Okay, hell of a thing, Chick-fil-A. According to the report, a manager sends a young lady home. Let's put her up for a mask because of her hair color. Well, guess what? That is her natural hair color. She was told to go home because of her natural hair color. Autumn Williams is her name. A North Carolina teenager is confused and shocked after she was told by her employer, Chick Fil A, her hair color was a violation of the company's dress code. Williams said she believed she was singled out by her superiors and sent home after her braids were deemed an unnatural color. She was like, hey, one of our supervisors came by and said they noticed blonde in your hair. And he asked that you leave and come back when it's taken out, since it's an unnatural color to you. Williams told WJZY TV. The 16 year old who had been working at the Harrisburg Chick-fil-A for three months said that she was surprised and obviously embarrassed. A starter, Williams natural hair is actually blonde, she said. Adding that her braid extensions are light brown and not blonde. And the guy, when I had orientation, he never said anything about my hair color or it being an issue, she said. Even though blonde hair is normally associated with people of European descent. Some people of African descent are born with blonde hair, mostly due to their genetic variations. Hair color is determined by the amount and the type of melanin present in the hair. Melanin is the pigment responsible for skin color, hair and eyes. There are two types of melanin, -melanin, eumelanin, which produces brown or black pigments and pheomelanin, which produces yellow to red pigments. Blonde hair is typically associated with lower levels of eumelanin and higher levels, uh, and higher levels of pheomelanin. If a person of African descent carries specific genetic variations that reduce eumelanin production and increase pheomelanin production, they may have naturally blonde hair. There you have it. According to a portion of the Chick-fil-A handbook posted, and this is on the uh, television, this was on television station's website. Hair and nails must comply with local health department requirements. That's it. Hair must be clean and worn in good taste, as to not be distracted to guests or fellow team members. Hairstyles must be neat and professional in appearance. Unnatural hair colors or eccentric styles, mohawks, shaving designs, et are not permitted, it says. However, it doesn't specify what constitutes an unnatural hair color. Now I wonder, I wonder how many unnatural blondes working at a Chick-fil-A have been told to go home. I wonder, there's more. Williams said she quit the job, all right? Because it was unclear how she violated the policy. She has since filed a complaint with the Equal Opportunity, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Quote, I was glad that I didn't have to change myself to fit into someone else's image of what it's like to be a Chick-fil-A worker, William said. I was just glad that I was able to just stay true to myself and move on and find somewhere else to work that's fine with how I look. Good for you. Chick-fil-A said an operator reached out to Autumn Williams today. I had a good conversation. In further detail, the operator explained that the policy was misinterpreted. I said Williams was not terminated, and she's more than welcome to come back and work at the restaurant. Well, isn't that something? That is just so kind of you all. You're gonna let her come back and work at the restaurant? Wow. All right, the girl's mother, Nina Birch. Said her braids were a protective style. Quote, there was nothing eccentric about the color that was in her hair, she said. So I think maybe there needs to be some sensitivity training about what people can and cannot look like. But that just sounds so crazy to say because who's to say what anybody can look like based on their race? Um, And I would say this to the mother. Obviously, you raised a very, very strong young lady. She's only 16 years of age. To be subjected to this kind of insanity at such an early age, it shouldn't happen. But I'm very proud of the young lady for standing up for her own rights, understanding that it was completely, completely inappropriate for anyone to challenge her hairstyle. This is why we have the Crown Act. This is why we advocate that discrimination, even in forms of hairstyle discrimination should be completely 100% illegal. Chick-fil-A has not provided a significant response to this, in my opinion. Chick-fil-A, obviously, they have their issues in many arenas. This is the last thing you need, Chick-fil-A. Make it known exactly who you stand with. And why have I not heard of any discipline? happening to the manager who sent her home. You see, there's a liability here, Chick-fil-A, because if this employee does something similar to another individual, you're on the hook for negligent retention of an employee who had a history and pattern of discriminatory conduct. Just to remind you and your attorneys of that. All right, you ask me thoughts.
2: Yeah, I love the mom's response in particular to all of this because it's like she said the thing that she was supposed to say, and then she heard it come out of her mouth, and she's like, it doesn't make sense that I even have to say something as obvious and as basic as that. You know, I can't imagine just caring about something like someone else's hair as much as these people do. Uh, my rule is if you have a haircut and I don't like it, I just won't say anything. That's it, that's the end of the story. You know, The obvious outrage to all of this is fair. And who's to say what's natural and what's unnatural for this particular girl? People come in a million different colors and shapes and sizes naturally. And it's entirely unrealistic to police something like that. But as you mentioned, that's why we have things like the crown act. Why do we need to have things like the Crown Act in the first place? Because people have been policed over their natural looks, the way that they naturally present in the world. You know, as long as this girl's hair is not in my food, I do not care what it looks like. And she's absolutely right. Do not change yourself for some job or for people who don't appreciate you or who don't get you. I'm glad that she didn't. I'm glad she quit.
0: So many times we cover these stories, and it's about hairstyle or uh, clothing uh, fitting too tight. Or some other, you know, ridiculous item that has nothing to do with their job. Uh, Can she work the cash register? Is she courteous to people when they walk in? Does she prep in the morning time and does she break down in the evening? When I was 15 years old, I worked at Chick fil A. I remember the process of getting up very early, going through the prep of the food and making the lemonade from scratch, the whole nine. It's difficult work. That's the part you judge a worker on, not their hairstyle. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. I'm going to read <coughs> some of these amazing comments. I appreciate everyone for joining the conversation. Okay, yeah, fab four, good morning, afternoon, or evening, TYT fab, that's right. <clears throat> Puff the Purple Dragon, uh, Zappa was a legend and obviously a damn prophet. I mean, that was so accurate. Tried to tell us, Jojo, under, underscore dragon, doc, uh, did you see how feverishly those 80s conservatives tried to shut, for example, down? They knew he was right. Yeah, and they started calling him things like PAL. It, I mean, in 1986, you call somebody PAL. That was a fighting word back then. Yeah, they were really upset. And uh, Mo Fury, come on, people. Chick-fil-A is just fried chicken, fried in the pickle juice. <laughs> it's actually true. <laughs> It's not worth the weight in line or the weight on his employees' minds. There you go. All right. Got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would.
3: You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a you Sunday? You're,
0: you're feel right. You
4: feel
3: free. Back
4: off. i to tell trouble. There's an African American man threatening right my life. Uh, when I say y'all are not prepared, um, so this person, Logan, is with their mother at a Target and um, sees this. So they start recording. You're a horrible person, you're, horrible person. you're literally doing blackface. Yeah, me later. In the middle yeah. of the store. Lester Holt did whiteface, nobody said- Where's your pride section? I need to know.
3: We're
2: past-
4: Oh, I thought they were celebrating this and they took our flag forever. No, I was wrong, my bad. I don't drop a target, I just take citrus, join me. Post it on my
1: Facebook,
4: please, my Facebook friends love it. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And it doesn't stop there, because then they hear a ruckus in the parking lot and they go out to see what's happening. All right, right. thank me later, bitch, thank me later, bitch, you, stop, don't stop, stop. you don't know. Show of hands, who's not shocked that there's a Trump-Pence bumper sticker and she has Trump-Pence stickers on her. Uh Yeah, they stopped recording uh, to console the woman that she was almost getting in a fight with. And at that point they said, The woman in blackface backed out of her parking spot, yelled the N word at them several times, and drove
0: off. Wow. There's actually more video, more context. Here it is. The name they were given led me to this Facebook page.
4: And all joking aside, this is a descent into madness. And I need to fish out some other people, so I'm going to go smoke them out today. But I thought I'd wear blackface so that when I'm done smoking them out and the FBI or whoever the needs to show up and listen to me for once. Um, When they show up, I wanna get a job. So I'm gonna make sure I put on a black face so I can um, have my best chance at getting a job. And even with a plethora of disturbing things on her Facebook profile, chief among them, it appears that she has been stalking and harassing either her neighbor or a former coworker for quite a while. And it is beyond concerning. And even Logan, who posted the original video, had someone contact them that said they used to work with her at the post office, and that she made a threat to pew pew the place just today and that they were on lockdown. And then here's a flyer at the post office warning employees that if they see her, she's not supposed to be there to call 911 immediately. And even she is posting that on her Facebook to be like celebrated. This woman is clearly mentally ill. She is showing signs of being a danger to herself and to others. And law enforcement needs to step in and do something.
0: I cannot speak to the mental status of this individual, but I can highlight something that is clear and obvious. I wanna take you to an imaginary scenario. Let's imagine for a minute that instead of the person being a white female, Let's say it was a black male or a black female who has been banned from a facility to the degree that the picture is highlighted on the front door. The individual literally decided to post on the social media that they are banned, which means what? Which means they went to the facility to take the picture, more than likely. And then the alleged attack in the parking lot. The aggression inside of the store. The harassment, potential harassment of a neighbor or coworker. And these are things we know just because of one post. I'm sure there's more. Do you think? No one would have knocked on the door by now. If this person was a person of color authentically. I know people can get outraged by the blackface. The blackface obviously is racist. Her commentary is racist. But this individual is dangerous. A threat, a legitimate threat based on the narrative of virtually everybody Who has had contact with her, according to this story? It's a tale of, well, two Americas. All right, ask my thoughts.
2: Yeah, well, I'm glad to see that she's off these streets for now. Um, Her daughter had to make a Facebook post condoning her mother's behavior. And I can't imagine what that must have been like for her to have to see your mother acting that way publicly and now it's on the internet. And then to see your mother engaging with people in that matter and to see your mother yelling racial slurs at people. I don't know what their relationship is like. I don't know if she knew how unhinged her mother was prior to seeing this footage. but. Her mother was obviously a Trump supporter we know that from the bumper sticker on her car but what's sad about all of this beyond the ignorance and the hate and the effort that she made to go out of her way to be disruptive and hateful is that her mental state has been destroyed by trumpism you know she was literally in a mental facility right now maybe she already had mental issues prior to trumpism as he said we can't really speak to that we don't know but what we see with a lot of these trump supporters and QAnoners is that they succumb to fear and paranoia and they've convinced themselves somehow that they are the victims of society. That's evident with this woman when she literally said that she's wearing blackface because she thinks it'll help her get a job later, which is it's crazy to most people to think about. The delusion is destructive and it's devastating. And I can only hope that there's a path back to normalcy, not just for her but for a lot of people like her.
0: Very well said. A man stabbed for bawling, dancing, being free in New York City. It is being probed as a hate crime. Put it up full mass. Let me give you the background to this horrific story. Police sources say the NYPD has identified the suspect involved in a deadly gas station stabbing in Brooklyn over the weekend that left 28-year-old O'Shea Sibley, a beloved professional dancer, a choreographer, dead. Uh, his death is being investigated as a hate crime. The choreographer known as Sibley was friends with the late Saturday night, uh, was friend with, with friends, excuse me, late Saturday night, filling up a car, real simple. They were having a good time. They were dancing while filling up the car. Uh, they were dancing to Renaissance by Beyonce, voguing, a group of men approached and told them to stop dancing. A group of men approached and told them to stop dancing. According to his friends and surveillance video of the altercation, these same men, that's what they're calling themselves, decided to use homophobic slurs. And Mr. Sibley, a proud gay man, confronted them about it. The argument escalated and the suspect stabbed Mississippi. The left is a photo of him early that day and joined the beach. One of Sibley's best friends tried to stop the bleeding before he was taken to the medical center where he was pronounced dead. Surveillance video still to the right. Police say the suspect was last seen wearing a black shirt with red shorts and is described as a teenager with dark hair. As of Monday morning, no arrests have been made. Mrs. Sibley was a promising dancer, talented individual, had been part of the prestigious Philadelphia Dance Company before moving to New York City in 2019, and mixed his passion for dancing with a social justice advocacy. An Ailey organization spokesperson said in a statement, Sibley, who was a studio participant, quote, had incredible, incredible energy in the studio and was loved by instructors and fellow students. <clears throat> I did this story uh, earlier today on my radio show, and I was struck by how unnecessary this was. Who has so much hate in their heart that people dancing will cause you to want to approach them in anger? People can dance. Supposed to be a free country, right? But not simply one person. Multiple individuals had the same sentiment. Maybe they did not like the way he was dancing or the group was celebrating. Mr. Sibley was happy. He was living his authentic life. He was not bothering anyone. And all of a sudden, in the most unnecessary of circumstances, here comes. Haters who obviously do not like themselves. If you can, if you can kill someone for dancing, because you think somehow they are violating a protocol or a value that you have, you need to understand you're the evil one here. This is a human being who deserve absolute freedom to express his happiness. All right, we'll bring you updates. This story is still developing with new information. Share what are your thoughts?
1: That picture you showed on the beach the same day earlier, that so beautiful, long line, so gifted. You could read everything into that picture, yeah. Dr. Ritchie. Dance equals love, happiness. As you said, I wish I could dance and just feel that freedom. And to think that you could be robbed of breath just for dancing is so depraved. And America better look at their life. Look at your life. Because what you call culture wars, just inciting violence, hate, murder.
0: Yep, understand what they're doing now. They'll tell you, argue about this, Democrat, Republican, And then they go to the Senate floor and vote the exact same way on banks. They vote the exact same way on wars. They vote the exact same way as relates to lack of funding for education. But they want you to fight among yourselves about things that they really don't care to change anyway. All right. One man misdirects. $30 million of church money, put them up full mass. This is a hell of a story. A Georgia fugitive, according to prosecutors, is accused of misdirecting, that's called stealing. Approximately $30 million from Christian donors who believed they were buying Bibles and other religious literature for ministries in China. His name is Jason Gerald Schenck, 45 years of age. You see, Jason raised the money from churches, charities. Individuals in Ohio and North Carolina, according to NBC News. The fraudster who renounced his US citizenship in 2016 allegedly used 1 million from the scam to gamble in an online casino, buy diamonds, gold, and pay the company running his family's farm. Prosecutors believe that Mr. Shink received approximately 22 million from a charity and its individual donors and another 10 million from another charity. Mr. Shink allegedly ran the scheme between April 2010 and July 2019. The US Department of Justice issued a warrant for his arrest, after he was indicted on four counts of wire fraud and 37 counts of money laundering, according to the US Attorney's Office. The Justice Department is reportedly not the only law enforcement agency on the trail of Mr. Schink. Prosecutors told NBC News that international agencies are also hunting for Mr. Schink. The alleged scammer renounced his US citizenship in 2016. Allegedly to avoid financial reporting required, under U.S. law, that's according to WMAZ. In addition to his gold and jewelry, Mr. Schink also uh, bought approximately $850,000 in equity shares of a privately held nuclear energy company and spent approximately $4 million to open life insurance policies in various people's names, according to authorities. He also purchased approximately $320,000 in real estate uh, in Gulch. Gulch Felled libertarian paradise in Santiago, Chile. Named uh, after the protagonist of objectivist writer Ayn Rand's novel, Atlas Shrugged. If Mr. Shank is convicted, he can face up to 20 years in prison. As well as the forfeiture of any of his ill gotten gains. Because he faces felony charges, he would not be eligible, eligible for parole. 30 million? This man was able to convince a lot of people that if you give him money, he's going to convert that money into Bibles. First of all, sir, why aren't Bibles free? It costs 30 million. Listen, that Jesus is way too expensive for me. It costs $30 million to have a Bible ministry. He was able to get away with it, a fugitive, and now being hunted by multiple authorities across the planet Earth. How in the hell does this scam go on for so damn long? Well, because they trusted him. Without proof, without pictures, without evidence. Hell, the man decided to say, you know what? The US citizenship, I'm going to just, um, you can keep that. So that he can avoid the reporting requirement. I mean, wow! And was still able to pull off the scam. Uh, Yasmin, I-, I guarantee you. Uh, I guarantee you, if this would have been anyone else, you don't get thirty damn million dollars free and clear.
2: Yeah, I I don't know, I kind of want to be impressed, but it's really, really bad. You know, I have mixed feelings on this because I personally don't love the idea of religious missionaries and mission trips, but obviously stealing is very bad, especially when you take this much money. But this man, he took the money, he invested it, he had a plan, he was bolstering his portfolio, he was setting his successors up for the future. Like he knew what he was doing, it was all very deliberate and as much as i'm not a fan of missionaries i don't like to see people getting taken advantage of right. you know the people who donated their money to this fund did so i'm going to assume because they believed in the cause because they believed that it was the right thing to do you know, we shouldn't be discouraging people from donating money to causes they believe in. But unfortunately, stories like this one do exactly that. Even, you know, donating to popular charities feel like feels like a risky venture these days. Um, charities need better oversight and better assurances to those contributing to them so that they can actually do good work for the people that they're intended to do good for.
0: I feel you on that. Let's put this picture up again because I don't want to discourage people from doing what they feel is in their heart to do and he took advantage of some very authentic people. Probably individuals on a fixed income, maybe those who were a little up in age. The reality is this, don't allow individuals to utilize your faith to manipulate you because even scripture says to do everything in wisdom, it would have been wise to check the record. It would have been wise to make sure your money is going to the right place. I don't say that to discourage you or to chastise you. I say that hoping that this would never happen to whoever was scammed again. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these. Amazing, beautiful, enlightening comments. All right, interesting. Um, Alex says the Republican Party blocked Stephen Colbert, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that, blocked Stephen Colbert from running in the primary for the 2008 election, that's right. Proving my point, the Republican Party has the power to put an end to this. They should have let Colbert run. It would have been the best thing for them, Colbert. All right, political underscore Batman. As a political scientist, what's the reference? Okay, about uh, Frank. As a political scientist, this is the first time I heard a host of a news show actually say this as fat, bravo. Yeah, and Jeanette Villalona, member for 13 months. Thank you for that. Truth is power. That's right. Bernie the Kiwi Dragon. Thank you, Bernie. Just as someone, just as some people of African heritage, African heritages can have blonde hair. Some people of Asian heritages can have red hair. Are these overseers need to go learn about the world and its people. There you go. C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. That Karen is what we like to call FOS. And it's written all over face. Seriously, it doesn't even look like blackface paint, does it? Mm. Phyllis Masters, welcome to Indisputable. And one more Twitch. Uh, James underscore pedestrians showing more restraint and better technique than cops. That's right. They don't have any hate in their heart. It wasn't personal. They just wanted to make sure the guy was held accountable. Okay. A Kentucky woman has now been sentenced. Why? Because she decided to send bullets and racial, racist comments to her neighbors, put her up for a mask. Hell of a story, 55 year old Susan Kraft from Kentucky has been sentenced to nine years in prison. Why is that? Because, well, she's racist. After being charged, By federal authorities, Uh, she will obviously get released a little early. Looks like three years of supervised release. She decided to spray paint the N word in her neighbor's driveway. She decided to send them racist, hateful letters. During a March trial, Kraft was found guilty of five counts of mailing threatening communications, and the jury determined she targeted her neighbors because of their race. When you do something like that, it allows for the jurisdiction of the federal government to get involved. That that jurisdiction, well, is led by Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark. She's in charge of the Department Civil Rights Division. She's the assistant AG. Uh, Here's what Clark said about the sentencing. This sentence sends a clear message regarding our commitment to ending hate-motivated violence and threats of violence. There is no room in civilized society for violent threats based on race. We hope that this result brings some measure of peace to victims who had to suffer through the defendants' terrifying threats of racial violence. And, And let me say this about the Civil Rights Division of the DOJ. Literally, think about it. Think about it. In order for the DOJ to get involved in these cases, you simply must have a few elements that can be at least verified on face value and prosecuted. One, willful, racist, racial intimidation. If it is for your neighbors, well, rules apply. Federal government has jurisdiction. You have to imagine, that if this is all it takes for the federal government to have jurisdiction without question why is it we don't see more of these prosecutions cause the department is extremely understaffed underfunded and here's the political position they're in and i have this information directly from members of congress if they go too far if the civil rights division if they actually start utilizing the absolute power they have, exercising the authority granted to them by statute. They risk a backlash from Republicans and some Democrats to basically take away even more funding from that department. So they have to basically cherry pick certain cases in order to prosecute them, hopefully sending a message to others. This is not going to be tolerated. Well, there you have it. According to the Louisville Carrier Journal, cameras in front of Michaela and Connie Panita's home showed her painting the N word and naturally a swastika in the driveway three times. She also sent them mail that contained violent and racial messages between November and December 2020. The anonymous letters had racist slurs and bullets in them. The couple's attorney, Vanessa Cantley told the Courier Journal in 2020. Quote, she also threatened their child on a bicycle this past summer and threatened to run over her, Cantley said in November 2020. The family was granted a no contact order against Kraft in July. She was previously charged by the state with criminal mischief and harassing communications. She was found guilty of contempt of court twice since then for violating the order. The Carrier Journal reports she spent a week in jail and another on house arrest. So let me give you the scenario. The person was so egregious that the state got involved, but they gave basically a slap on the wrist. The actions continued, federal government ended up intervening. We've seen this before, it actually ended in the death of a black woman inside of her own neighborhood in front of a child. Local authorities do not take things like this seriously enough. But I guarantee you if the tables were flipped, uh, they would have all types of task force, emphasis. A plea for more money, bigger budget in order to handle these, well, thugs. But because these thugs happen to have a whiter hue, they're not contextualized in that same way. They can be terroristic to the community. Aggressive against children, violent to neighbors, and still receive the benefit of the doubt. All right. Yes, my thoughts. Yeah,
2: yeah, I will never understand. The effort that people undertake to be terrible to people who are literally just minding their own business and trying to live their lives. And you almost have to mourn the opportunity cost of something like this. You know, who could this woman have been had her energies at some point in her life been redirected to something more positive or more productive? You know, who could she have been? What could she have done with the time that she spent on committing hate crimes? You know, what if she was doing anything besides that? You know, apart from terrorizing the people in her community, she could have had interests or hobbies or skills that she could have, you know, put to better use. And I always wonder about people like this, you know, how they turned out the way they did, whether it's her upbringing, whether they're just like that, whatever. But even without making excuses for someone like this, because she absolutely is responsible for her actions and she should be prosecuted for them, we have to think about the future of our nation. We need to send a message that behavior like this, regardless of your skin tone, regardless of your race, whatever, behavior like this has no place in this country and it will not be tolerated in this country. You know, these people need to feel ostracized and they need to know that people don't respect them because of their beliefs and because of their actions. You know, there has to be consequences.
0: I agree with you. And I do believe the Trump um, sentiment, the Trump era has given these individuals a sense of protection. She's 55 years old. She waits until she's over 50 in order to engage in this kind of criminal conduct. She's now going to serve a prison sentence. She won't be out until she's over 60. It's insane. Okay, we got a swindler alert. Let's put up the picture full of math. Now, when people, manipulate and swindle our elders. It boils my blood, 60 year old Joseph McConaughey on the right. A real estate fraudster is accused of conning his way into owning a Harlem Brownstone now worth 2 million and is asking the court to recognize him as the legal owner of the allegedly pilfered property. While its elderly owner cannot be found. I'm going to give you the background. According to authorities and neighbors, in 2012, Makani targeted the dilapidated three-story house on West 118th Street. While its owner collected cans in the street accused is accused of using forged deeds and other fraudulent paperwork to take the home, claiming to offer owner Veronica Polymer. let's put her up, a mere $10. $10. She didn't even get the damn $10. The home, which the developer renovated, and converted into apartments now generates about $12,000 a month in rent. Let's put her up. State Attorney General got involved. Letitia James, the AG of New York, hit McConaughey. With a seven count indictment, July 2021, over the accusations of mortgage fraud and ripping off homeowners such as the 81 year old, is Polymer. But he was never convicted. And now he is doubling down, claiming in a new court paper, a new court documents that one of his companies has had continuous control of 107 West 118th Street. For more than a decade, the only person who can challenge McConaughey's claim to the building is Ms. Palmer. That's according to the lawsuit. He used boilerplate legal language in the court papers, declaring Palmer is not an infant, mentally ill, or an alcohol abuser. He listed her home address as Magnolia House in Brownsville. It's a shelter. That the city says is for single women who are duly diagnosed with mental illness and substance abuse. Sources say she is no longer there. Sources say she cannot be found. Palmer's younger brother believes the former city corrections officer has been mentally ill for decades. We're concerned about Ronnie and finding her. John Jackson told the post, adding that his sister would never have agreed to sell a brownstone and once refused to give him control of the property. So he could make repairs. She repeatedly rejected help from family and mental health professionals. Even when she was living without heat, hot water, or electricity, said Jackson, 78, who last spoke to Ms. Palmer in a brief phone call a few years ago. After finding her at a Brooklyn homeless shelter, just last month, She sent a gift to their siblings, writing the address of her lost brownstone on the package, he said. Without a criminal case against him, there's nothing stopping McConnie from using the courts to solidify his hold on Palmer's home. Palmer fails to respond to the newest legal filing. A judge will likely award the developer something called a default judgment. The failed mortgage fraud case against Makani isn't the first brush with the law. In 1998, Makani and his brother were among 25 real estate brokers who pled guilty to a massive bid rigging scheme on foreclosed properties in Queens. Though the Attorney General's indictment of Makani was tossed out on a technicality, In April, the state appellate court's first division gave a green light for the AG to resubmit the case to the grand jury. Court records show. All right, I'm covering this story. We got to stay on top of it to see that it develops correctly. Um, Number one, the AG's office in New York, you got to get on this, you got to get on it now. Two filings one, file the criminal indictment again. Two, file an injunction with the court to stop him. From obtaining ill-gotten gains is called a stay. This is easy for the A.G.'s office to do, to the family. I highly recommend that you try to work with the probate judge or probate court in your area to get an estate established, until Ms. Palmer can be found, establish a family estate so that representation can be made on behalf of her if something God forbid has happened and you do not find her, I hate to say it that way. But damn it, you cannot, cannot allow this developer, this swindle, to win Third, Has anyone considered, has anyone considered that there could be foul play? And I'm gonna leave it at that. All right, as I said, we will follow this story. Jasper, thoughts?
2: Yeah, I know, again, this is like what we were talking about earlier. You know, I don't like to see people being taken advantage of. And this man has a history of doing exactly that all over New York City. Probably fancies himself like a real estate tycoon, all of Donald Trump, who knows? He calls himself a real estate developer, but he employs fraudulent methods for acquiring his properties. And the thing is, people will always be crooked. There will always be people who will try to get away with as much as they think they can get away with. You can't. You can't outlaw a person's human instincts or their personal inclinations, but you can outlaw the actions that they might attempt to take. There needs to be better legal protect protections in place that prevent people like this from getting away with behavior like this. These types of shady deals aren't necessarily new. The government knows that these things are happening, so they need to put a legal infrastructure in place to make it harder for them to get away with it in the future. But I know that's easier said than done. So.
0: Well said, all right. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Three teenagers facing criminal charges because, well, likely their parents are racist, so they are acting racist too. Let's put up the picture full mask, give the background to this insanity. Three Texas teens face charges for spray painting, racist and ball of graffiti on 17 vehicles overnight in a residential area spree. These three Texas teens have been identified as suspects in connection with a racist vandalism spree. After police say they decided to spray paint all of these vehicles in one night. The community's assistance in providing surveillance video led to the suspects being apprehended. Dexter Smith reported that on Saturday, July 29th, around 6am, While on route to work, he discovered his Corvette and his brother's Ford F-150 pickup, vandalized with language. Then it had KKK. Then it had another foul word on the back. Then it had the N-word on the very back of the truck, Smith said. The teenagers targeted multiple blocks in the area. Arlington Police Department issued a statement on Wednesday, August 2nd, Revealing that they identified two juvenile teenage boys <clears throat> and a 17-year-old male, who is considered, <clears throat> excuse me, a legal adult with the help of a residential surveillance video. The footage captured the teens in a white van. The phrases and images spray painted on the vehicles were deeply offensive and they have no place in our city. Through this investigation, we're sending the message that we will not tolerate this kind of behavior and we will hold offenders countable. Smith said his family is the only black family on the block. APD confirmed that the vandalism seems to have been random affecting victims of various races, genders and age groups. However, they are presently assessing the complete extent of damages caused by the teenagers before deciding on formal charges. The detectives are currently investigating the case or the cases as criminal mischief with the possibility of enhancing the charges. But they have not classified the incidents as hate crimes. Now, now, remember what they just said, okay? We're gonna send a message, won't be tolerated here. One is a 17-year-old. In Texas, Georgia, and a few other states, 17-year-olds are what? Adults as it relates to the criminal justice system. Why did they pass that law? The states that passed the 17 year old adult laws passed them to criminalize young black and brown men, teenagers. That's what they did. That's why the legislation was approved. Now, all of a sudden, somebody who the legislation was not approved to catch in their net gets caught in their net. Look at the courtesies already extended. Even though they admit the 17 year old is considered an adult, according to the Texas justice system, they will not release the name. Even though the 17 year old is considered an adult in the Texas justice system. We do not have mugshot and even though the 17 year old is considered an adult in the Texas justice system, they don't know if Spray painting racial slurs on 17 vehicles should be considered a hate crime. All right, Yes, my thoughts.
2: Yeah, you know, Texas teens, that, that's horrible, just teens in general. You know, teens are old enough to think for themselves. So I think while it might be easy to blame behavior like this on their upbringing or maybe even their education, I don't know, a lot of kids don't agree with their parents' ways of thinking and they're not afraid to voice that. A lot of teens are exposed to different ways of thinking on social media. I think a lot of this is probably, probably has something to do with ignorance, just as I think all racism is rooted in ignorance, but also potentially a lack of exposure to different groups of people. I know up in Dallas, there are some pretty insular communities and there are, I would say completely anecdotally, You do tend to hear more instances of racist behavior in the Dallas area than you do in say Houston or Austin. But still Dallas is a blue city and Dallas is a blue county, Dallas county is blue. So I think um, I like to assume that the majority of the community up there is just as horrified at this behavior as we all are. Um, But it will be telling to see how law enforcement deals with this going forward. Though their actions so far haven't been inspiring.
0: Yeah, we shall see. Uh, But you're right about that, Uh, definitely. Not inspiring. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right. Welcome back. We got a lot of comments. Thank you for joining the combo. Um, YouTube, Texas teens vandalizing. freeze Room. I never live in Texas. I echo the sentiment. Uh, David Morris, I'm not American, but the blatant instances of racism there seem to be increasing. So a little bit of that and a little bit of you know, more people are recording it too. I actually think it's both. Uh, Tiger, Shark Studios. How are these not hate crimes? Exactly. Like if there's, a, if there's a hate crime, it has to be you literally painting hate on property, destroying that property. I'm with you, and uh, this is interesting. Uh, cooking with Miss Deep managers have too much time on the hand talking about a Chick-fil-A one. And lady, uh, <laughs> lady F&T, gifted five indisputable with Dr. Shower Richard memberships, thank you so much for that, really appreciate you. And Twitch, yep, talking about the teenagers who vandalized. Them runny eggs says charge parents as well, yeah. They used to do things like that in black communities, truancy laws. If a child broke them, guess who got the penalty? The parent did. That was a law in multiple jurisdictions in the country. All right. A Delta passenger, a Delta passenger cuts flight attendant. Damn shame. All right. Let me go to it. Several passengers. On a Delta Airlines flight from Atlanta to New Orleans, intervened to take down an unruly passenger who cut a flight attendant with a sharp object on Wednesday, according to authorities. It happened around 4 p.m. after the plane landed at Louis Armstrong International Airport, according to deputies and the N.O. The sheriff's office said the suspect identified as a 39-year-old from New Orleans, hurt himself with a sharp object. The man reportedly got upset directing his aggression toward the flight attendant and then grabbed her. That's when the employee was cut twice. Deputy said some passengers said they didn't see what happened until there was an intercom request for medical attention. A group of passengers rushed, they rushed to help the flight attendant, keeping the 39 year old under control until law enforcement arrived. The sheriff's office said he was arrested and charged with aggravated battery, disturbing the peace, a simple battery. Both the victim and the suspect sustained minor injuries, authorities said, and the 39-year-old man was booked at the Jefferson Parish Correctional Center. Um, To the flight attendants of the world, be careful. Um, I have reported now on multiple instances within the last three months. Obviously, there has to be a stronger security check. We just had one that we reported on this week of a young lady who was allowed to bring on a wine bottle on the plane and acted terribly. These things present risk, not only to the passenger themselves, but to everyone around them. Um, So big ups to those who were able to intervene quickly to make sure no additional injury took place. But whoa, Jasmine.
2: But you know when I first read the headline I was like what does that actually mean that the flight attendant was cut like I thought it was slang or something because why would I assume that someone was literally cut with a sharp object on an airplane what is going on with people You're right about security checks um I know that like they really amp up the security checks these days even more so than in the past few years I've noticed just from my own personal experience traveling uh but you know things do happen but this is this is bad this is I mean, I know that we've heard instances of unruly passengers on planes before. That's nothing new, but you know, actual assault and battery, that that that's next level.
0: Exactly. All right. Got a question for everybody. What in the red state hail? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie.
3: Now what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads.
2: I I hate math. Somebody say amen.
1: So what do you you say to Jack Smith? I mean, uh, and, and again, I guess you have to be careful what you say. He still is. The, the special investigator, the special prosecutor, I, you know, I'm kind of long wants, you know, yours and others' future. Go ahead. I long ago, stopped being careful and I didn't worry. I don't worry about the Jack Smiths of this world. Uh, I have a chapter in my book called Stand Up to Bullies. So here's what I say to Jack Smith After the Supreme Court threw out your case, which is should, should, should have been a disgrace and you should have gone and found another profession because you don't belong in this one, this one will be your legacy. Violating the right of free speech of an American citizen, never mind whether he was present or not. It could be anybody, it could be a homeless person. You don't get to violate people's first amendment rights, Smith, no matter who the hell you are, or no matter how sick you are with Trump derangement syndrome. And this isn't the first time you've acted like an unethical lawyer. It should be the last,
0: I mean Giuliani looks like he's not doing well. I'm not talking about the fact he's likely drunk as hell on air. He always is drunk, but it's like he can barely talk. There's another video here. it is. The strange thing here is the people lying, but the people bringing this and this this
1: count they have here conspiracy against rights, they should be indicted for conspiracy against rights for bringing this indictment.
0: I mean, the privilege, the audacity here of Giuliani saying that an attorney is unethical. Uh, Let me remind you of who Giuliani is while he's talking about ethics. A list of Giuliani's alleged crimes and allegations include, sending a slate of fake electors to change the outcome of the 2020 election. That's one. Another, uh, being a co-conspirator named in the indictment of Trump. That's another one. And uh, sexual harassment allegations, which include, all right? uh, Giuliani's former associate, uh, Noelle Dunfeet, we talked about her on the program when the allegation first came out. She sued him in May, accusing him of promising to pay $1 million annual salary, but instead but instead, raping and sexually abusing her over the course of two years. A lawsuit alleges that Giuliani was constantly drunk, talked openly about trying to overturn the 2020 election, and even plotted to sell pardons with Donald Trump at the low low. Of two million, And as a matter of fact, according to Giuliani, Trump got a million. He got a million, a 50-50 even split. All right, he's the guy who's saying attorneys should be indicted for unethical behavior while Giuliani has been disbarred for unethical behavior and has admitted that he defamed two black women in Georgia who were election workers. Sir, hang it up. You going to the pokey too. Yes, my thoughts.
2: Yeah, I was just looking at this for the breakdown, but this is I guess it's funny to me. I don't know if that's the right word. You know, Giuliani, as you were saying, he literally confessed last week to lying about the Georgia election and about Georgia election workers disrupting their lives. I know that I was actually on your show and we were talking about. When those workers had to go testify yep. in Washington and how hard it was for them to do that, and how much they had been suffering, you know, they were getting hate mail and things like that directed at them. But even Bill Barr came out and said that this whole indictment has nothing to do with the First Amendment, which is what uh, Giuliani is trying to claim. He said there's nothing wrong with the indictment because you can say whatever you want to say, but that doesn't make you um, immune from conspiracy and from you know, committing crimes like the ones that he did as far as January 6th was concerned. And as far as the conspiracy to overturn the election results. So there's a lot going on with Rudy Giuliani right now and that's kind of just part of it. That's just one of the things that he's dealing with right now.
0: Yeah, just one. Mm-hmm. Always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work.
2: Yeah, you can follow me on all my socials at Yaz, K-Y-A-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z, K, that's five Zs. And then you can check me out on uh, the TYT YouTube channel uh, either on under the breakdown or rebel HQ.
0: Always a pleasure dear sister, thank you for all you do. Thank you. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.